Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Afore-visioned, afore-pinted, afore the heft and sway of the workaday world, afore the branches and the boughs, afore the leaves falling hither and thence and thus to the ground, the path leads onwards to the further realm where desire bites the cheek like frost, and carts pass with their haze and their wheat. Oh, let us sit on the spare bench o' the cart, or perch on a bale, and resting so, find ourselves availed of the tavern light, the drinking night in the moon underwater. Swain, Robin. Good even, Swain. Thank you. Have you have you seen the hues on the moor? Yeah, yeah. That beautiful hues there, changing, ever changing. Grey, dark blue. Fernley Whittingstall. <laughs> um, oh, those kind of hues. Well, there's a mixture. There's the whole colour palette: pastels. Yeah. Um, Hugh Dennis. Mm. Um, and uh, Hugh. Hugh, Grant. Hugh Grant, yes, yeah. yes. Hugh Grant was under a beautiful pink uh, moment in dusk. And my friend Hugh Cooksley. Yeah, Hugh Cooksley was there, Cookers. Mm. Um, but it's just the most wonderful scene over there out on the moor. Uh, did you get a chance to walk through the uh, the sort of the reeds? The the misty reeds, yeah, I mm. did. I did. I went through the reeds and I, and I, I, and I did get damp feet. Yes, yes. Well, they will be warmed by the fire here in the moon underwater. Um, but yeah, beautiful. The, the, the ornate uh, the ornate bridge out the back leads directly into the reeds. I had a nostalgic moment when I was, I was wearing Converse for the first time in years the Ooh. other day. And it rained. Mm. And I experienced that terrible wet feet feeling, which I hadn't experienced 
for ages. You know, because Converse are just a rubbish with rain, aren't they? Yeah, but it, but it was a nice dampness. It was a nice dampness because yeah, it was the nostalgic dampness, which is the name of your memoir. <laughs> Well, speaking of nostalgic dampness, yeah. uh, I believe there is a mist in the air outside the moon underwater, and it's revealing something, Robin. Mm. Uh, in its in its sort of it's sort of between mist and drizzle. I don't know what you'd call that. Mizzle. Ah, absolutely. And from the midst of the mizzle comes this week's guest, and it's none other than Russell Howard. Hello. Come in, Russell. Hello to you. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Very well. And I was I was eavesdropping on your uh, your lovely sort of lyrical breakdown you two was having. It was great. Were you through the sort of um, the resonances of the the correct realm? It's like a whispering chamber. The whole realm. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're outside, you can hear what's going on inside the moon underwater. Lovely stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of hewing. I I felt it would be perfect if it, if it was Hugh Edwards you were inviting in. But alas, ah. he's busy. Bit of a sore spot. Uh, oh, really? Hugh, Hugh, yes. Uh, Hugh Edwards um, came to the correct realm once and he disgraced himself in the moon underwater. He's the only person we've ever had to chuck out. Goodness. What did he do, if you don't mind pressing? Um, I, 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 I'm not going to embarrass Hugh further because the press did pick up on it, but he, he did have to pay the fouling charge. <clears throat> Goodness me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, welcome to the moon underwater. Uh dream pub that is all hope and all desire russell howard and pubs pubs and russell howard what was your pub upbringing your pub bringing um i was very much a sort of child of the 90s and i remember crisps in car parks and the adults being in the pub and then they'd sort of appear bleary-eyed halfway through the sort of evening and give you your crisps and I would sort of sit outside with my cousins, listen, listening to like Stuart and Lisa sort of tell you about the world. And then one of the kind of one of my uncles or like a friend of an uncle would come out and sort of give us just these little stories. And I loved it. I remember one of my uncle's friends who's called Chivers, who was obsessed with fireworks until he put on a firework display so full on, it scared his friend's dog and he's never lit a firework since. <laughs> um, he came out and he had a pint of cider and he was like, I could, we're like 10. And he goes, Do you know what, boys? I could drink three of these, kill you and not know I'd done it. Wow. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We were like, brilliant. So I remember sort of my recollection of pubs is just it feeling a bit like you're in a Pogue song and there's just so much kind of madness going on and there was a guy that used to have used to take his rat to the pub it was a place called the Stones Cross in in uh, Midsummer Norton and I just remember they're just like these like it was like the prancing pony and we felt like mm. the hobbits listening to these kind of sort of weird elders I loved it but but it was so peculiar, you know? Yeah, it's very strange when you sort of get glimpses of this world you don't quite understand and you know something's going on which you're not really allowed to fully participate in. Yeah. But you get these sort of little odd snatches and I think kids have a very strange understanding of drunkenness. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a, a very hard thing to describe if you've never been drunk. yes. Because you're just, I remember my mum got, um, I believe the term is shit-faced, in, <laughs> in Lanzarote. 
<laughs> and I just, I'd never seen anything like it. Wow. Because, uh, but I thought she was like, she, well, she's going to die because this is just, it was wild. She was kind of falling over and my dad was taking photos of her. And we, as kids, we were like, what, like my sister's trying to kind of hold her up. And it was all very jovial and funny. But I remember really vividly, like me and my brother and sister going, she's drunk. She's definitely drunk. And it was like this <laughs> like kind of emergency. Was like yeah, she's, yeah, she's actually drunk. Like, uh, uh, this is what they look like when they get drunk, you know. And it was, that's the first time I'd seen anyone kind of mm. declare themselves drunk. And she was all woozy. And she looked like those things, you know, those things you see outside garages. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Kind of like flail. She sort yeah. of had that. But it was, I enjoyed it. Um, but I, I yeah, I, you're completely right. Bruce Springsteen speaks about the bar with real reverence. He did like, I think it's a um, kind of a play, not a play, a sort of like a live monologue and songs he did on Broadway. But he speaks about being told to go to the bar and his mum going, go get your dad from the bar and him being this kind of kid outside and trying to get in and and see what was going on, what mischief, what adult mischief w was happening. And that's definitely how I felt. It was like, there's going to cut. It's a bit like, you know, when you go to the harvester as a kid, and you take that step up from the kids' menu. It's like there's gonna be there's gonna be a day when when we're, we're in a, a new realm, a new kind of understanding of adulthood. Do you know when you I mean? can order the mixed grill, yeah, with but impunity. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's that real sense of sort of swagger from being from being the first time you. I remember the first time I went to a pub. I was fourteen, like on my own without my parents. I was fourteen, and I was playing for like an adult football team. Um, because I was good at football and they'd sort of seen me and they're like, do you want to play for us? And I played and I sort of scored and they're like, right, we got to get you down a pub and that. So I kind of sort of me and my friend Jim went to the checkers and kind of had like two pints and it just felt like we've made it. We've actually made it. We've played in an adult football game. We're now at a bar. We're allowed in because we're with them. We've had two pints. This is This is top shelf. Mm. Were these pubs all sort of Southwest pubs? So they were they were Southwest pubs when I went to see my family. So that's my, so all the parties that I went to where I saw adults were kind of like take place in pubs in the Southwest. Like, because my mum and dad didn't really, remember my dad had some bloke who was like a business friend who came around once and nearly choked on a potato. But that was as far as we got in terms of like, of like sort of, there wasn't really many kind of like boozy parties at our house. Yeah. But, but the sort of, my dad's brother used to have these massive parties on the day after Boxing Day because it was his birthday. So from a, as a young age, that was my experience of pubs. And then going to pubs when I moved to kind of Hampshire from like 11 to the first pubs I went to on my own were in uh, Hampshire in a place called Ropley, um, which used to have three pubs and now has none. No way. Yeah, it's kind of like this little village that used to have these kind of three. And there was a thing called the Ropley Pram Race where you everyone would get in a, you'd get a partner and you'd sort of you'd push them around in a pram. And from a young age you had to drink three pints on the way. So, and you had to dress up. So me and my friend Jim went dressed as the old gits from Harry Enfield and you push each other in a pram and you kind of stop at all these pubs and get drunk. Wow. It's proper great. Yeah. So, and, and then I started going to those pubs as a sort of 14 year old. It's amazing. Being good at football kind of allows you into the world of kind of men quite 
uh, too too early. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Because you just don't end up vomiting in a garden, you know? And what about the Bristol connection? Because you, you came back to the Southwest, didn't you? Yes. So yeah. so I was, it's sort of that thing of, I always feel like the Southwest is my home. Mm. And then my parents moved back to uh, Thornbury, which is obviously where you two guys, are you, are you Thornbury? I, I grew up in Bristol, um, but I went to school in Thornbury. Right. Yeah. Oh, did yeah. you? What? So you could? Did you go from Bristol to Thornbury? Yeah, I had a lift with the DT teacher, Mister Postlethwaite. Uh, wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> every day for five years. What and um, why? Well, there's a lot of schools in Bristol. Um, my, my dad was head of English, and he sort of. Oh, I see. Well, that makes. Hang on yeah, a fucking minute. So, yeah. so you, your dad wouldn't drive you, the DT teacher. He can't. Yeah, my dad couldn't drive. So, how did a, your dad get there? With with Mr. Postlethwaite too. Oh, I see. Well, that yeah. makes that's a lot less yeah, that's weird. Better. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, less weird. Yeah, 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 but yeah. then my dad did retire during my school career, so then it was just me and Mr. P. Just you and yeah. But the thing is, the relationship formed when I was in year seven, and I was very shy. Yeah. And you know, it sort of never evolved out of that, even by the time I was eighteen. <laughs> but um, we had classic gold on every day, and I think you know, I got got a lot of good knowledge of sixties, seventies, eighties music from that. So. It wasn't all bad. Did you chat with him? Um, well, no, it was it was pretty, you know, as I say, I, I sort of still felt like a shy year seven. Right, forever. When yeah, I was with yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you're listening, Mr. P, I'm, I'm sorry and, and thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and nice. fun trivia fact, Russell, could you guess who Robin's date to the sixth form ball was? <laughs> Mr. Postlethwaite, is that? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, like, I, yeah. I don't know. That isn't me well, being an arsehole. No, I'm just no, trying to. I wanted to break down the barriers. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was one Kerry Howard. Was it? Oh, lovely. Yeah. I didn't know that. Nice. Did you have a good night? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I Kerry Howard's Ke- my sister. We should point yes. that out for oh, people yeah, yeah. listening. Yeah, yeah. And a very fine actress and comedian in, in her own right. Um, mm. But uh, Kerry, I don't think she'd really drunk very much before and I and I, I started with tequilas oh wow yeah and I, and she and she, she um she the rest of the night was a, was a bit of a blur for her I think yeah I mean uh, to be honest I'm going to defend my sister here that's on you yeah sorry about like that. you you don't start an evening with tequila unless you're in a fucking 80s rock band which you were <laughs> do you like but you know what I mean it's like was that you panicking again? Right, let's let's get going. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I mean, God knows. But that's the sort of idiotic decision you make when you're new to alcohol. Yeah. Mm. Because you don't quite understand how it affects you. So I remember going to the like the the party for the end of the school play, and I I had got a bigger boy to go to the shop for me. <clears throat> There must have been like twenty bottles in my bag. Wow. And I think after like three I was a mess, and after four, I was being sick. Oh! But the idea that, like, even even now, I wouldn't drink twenty bottles of beer. But good times, good times. And I imagine there would have been a lot. It, I don't think there's anything sadder than vomiting with a mohawk. <laughs> like when you, when you when you arrive at the party, there's a real. I, re, I remember John's hawk, and it was you know it was impressive. It was it was stiff. There was a real like there was that real sense of like it's a bit like um, you know Summer of Sam uh, that actor it's like John was very skinny a lot of heroin sheet going oh, on Adrian Brody that's yeah. right he looked like him mm. and then you'd be like wow this guy is this is a this guy's a poet he's a fighter um, and he 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 makes kind of ships 
You know what I mean? Like that you can't pin him down. And then <laughs> an hour later, he's being sick in the head. You're like, oh, he's just a dick, I guess. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's there's something really sad about a hawk. A hawk that just <laughs> sort of when the, when the hawk is all splayed. Because I've seen it. Yeah, the and hawk it's, gets splayed. Yeah. And it, but it just and it it's no longer stiff, and it's just sort of sort of just like lolloping down. It just it's like a big old spaniel's tongue is sad well also you never see a hawk straight on like uh vertical when someone's bending over you yeah. to, to actually see the hawk is from that angle is like seeing a bald spot <laughs> so uh, do you go to like i mean we we were having a conversation recently and you know you were saying i there came a point in my career when i just couldn't go to a pub i couldn't like hang out i couldn't just I couldn't just decide. Oh, I'll pop to the pub mm. because you're very recognisable and a lot of people come up to you. Is that is that something that like does that bother you? Because that would be that would that would mean I couldn't do fifty percent of the things I do. So yeah. that would be it's a big change to kind of adapt to. Yeah, I think you know not to get too deep. I think you give off an energy when you're in a pub of we should probably not bother this guy because <laughs> <laughs> because, because it, there, there's something. There's something religious about you in a pub. Like whenever you see John with alcohol, you're like, okay, there's there's a lot going on here. There's a there's a reverence for it. And I never really had that kind of relationship with booze. Never really had that relationship with pubs. So it wasn't really. I only started drinking really. I I drank when I was at university and then kind of stopped. You know because I wanted to be Ross Noble and I wanted to be Daniel Kitson and I, like and all the the greats in comedy when I was gr growing up didn't drink and I wasn't, I was driving to gigs. So I wasn't really drinking. So I didn't drink until I was 26 when I lived with you and John, mm. like, and, and over, um, the, the, and I remember John kind of got me back into John drink. Richardson, Richardson, is, yeah, yeah. Richardson and both and, and John Robbins, we, you both kind of, I don't know, you sort of had a real, I don't know what the word is. Richardson's definitely got a reverence for booze and you had a a nice kind of reckless relationship with it. Where And, and so it was like, right. So occasionally when we weren't gigging, you'd go out and get fucking annihilated and be, <laughs> but be really funny. And it was really interesting that you, once you were drunk, could tap into this side of you that was so funny and was the real center and the core. And uh, and I already had that. I didn't need that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know if you necessarily needed it. I have to be honest, it's diminishing returns uh, after a while. Yeah, but, but that's what I mean. I don't know. Like, And John had a real kind of like fondness of alcohol and almost like this sort of medicinal, almost like medicine. He would sort of say, right, what am I going to have now? Like, oh, and he would look at the booze, like the sorting hat. Oh, which one of you am I going to choose? And it was, it was, so you couldn't help but watch that and go, oh, I wonder what he's going to have. I wonder what this, this little expert's going to pick. I believe I'm going to have you. And he would sort of pour it and then he'd look at you and I was like a dog. And he's like, I suppose you want some of my scraps, do you? And he would kind of pour me a little bit. And it kind of, I got reacquainted with, with alcohol. And the oddly, the older I've got, I've kind of, I now drink so much more than I did when I was a kid. And in terms of going to pubs, if I'm going out, my wife will go for a meal. We wouldn't go to the pub. Yeah. You know, but I love going to, I go, I love going out with my friends. 
So my friends from university will kind of get drunk and it's brilliant and I feel safe in a group. And I love hanging out with my cousins and getting drunk. But that's really the only time that I would go to pubs. Do you know what I mean? Or I might go with my brother in Bristol. There's various places that I kind of, you know, I can kind of go to and it's fine. But if you're going out on a Saturday night, you're kind of inviting, um, I don't know, you you don't get to complain about not being, oh, just leave me alone. It's a Saturday night. Yeah, you're, yeah, in, yeah. you're in a pub in the city in the middle of Manchester, like, you're clearly here because you want to be recognised, you know? Mm. You're you're one of the few people I've seen who drinks red wine like most red wine drinkers think they drink it. Because you genuinely will drink, like, a glass, maybe two, yeah. and you'll really sort of... You do, like, appreciate it. And you know how... I think that's how red wine drinkers who drink two bottles of red wine with a meal or whatever, they think they're drinking it like that. Yeah. But I was always really yeah. impressed by like... I can stop myself. Yeah, it's, it's the restraint, but it's not like you're fighting against the need to though, get really pissed, but you just would genuinely have a glass of wine with dinner. Yeah. And I think very few people, a lot of people say they do that, but I think very few people do actually have a glass of wine with dinner. Yeah, that's true, but I don't... It's interesting, particularly with wine. I quite every so often I quite like a glass of wine, but I I wouldn't just like just like our mutual friend Dan Atkinson is a real you know he can just pound it. I I just don't have much of a tolerance for booze, mm. but I love going out with my friends and getting drunk. But there is always that point I get to about twelve or one where I just taper off and just kind of just realise you're like mm, I don't I don't want to be annihilated I, I can stop myself quite easily wow. and I often think it's pretty yeah I feel super lucky because yeah. I know so many people that just chase it and chase it and chase yeah. it but I've got this sort of internal thing where I'm like ah, I think I'm all right mm. you know so Russell Howard's dream pub what are we talking here what would you what sort of pub would you like it to be and and who would you what sort of what sort of vibe um I kind of like I don't, I'll tell you what I don't like. You know, a lot of my friends go, oh, let's find a nice old man pub. Let's find an mm. old, I, oh, I don't want to hang out with old men. I don't <laughs> like, like, I don't particularly like old men. I, it's, very, <laughs> it's very seldom <laughs> that I would kind of go, God, do you, know what this, do you know what this night needs? Some old men. Really, <laughs> it just feels, it feels a weird yeah. thing to, to look out. Like even as kids, oh, we need to find an old, we need to find a young girl's pub. <laughs> Not, you know, like a young woman's pub. We need to pick, you know what I mean? But, uh, so I, I like, particularly now at the ripe age of 42, I like going to a bar that's nice and busy where I can find a corner and there's a there's a nice hubbub and there's a lovely mix of, you know, that sort of 20 to kind of 40, you know, and there's a little bit of madness and a little bit of excitement and there's young people just being young and having fun and there's a reckless abandonment to it. I like watching that. I like, I remember my stag do was in, in Vegas and we went to this day club and it was absolutely brilliant. So basically you're in this sort of swimming pool and my friends were all kind of getting drunk and I was looking at all my friends and I felt super proud because they represented so many different aspects of society. And it was like this lovely moment where you go, I think I'm all right. Because if you look at all my friends, they all like come from different worlds and they all kind of coalesced and we had this brilliant day and kind of got drunk and Las Vegas and there's like a pool party and my brother, there's like a, there's a pole in the middle of the pool and there's DJs playing music. It was a situation you'd never be in, 
But to watch this zoo, yeah. it was absolutely brilliant. And my brother swam out to the middle of the swimming pool. Nobody was in this pool and started like grinding on the pole and was <laughs> swinging around the pole. And there was like 4,000 people cheering. It was so great and so funny. I kind of, I enjoyed, I'd far rather do that than I would listen to an old man going, of course the world's bloody changed on it. Like I'm not really interested in, very often you find old men say things like, oh, I've seen it all now. And you're like, you just haven't. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen very little. So your pub's going to have a pool in the middle with a grinding pole. <laughs> no, it's got access to that. There's different rooms. Yeah. So, um, that is, I don't know if you've seen that, um, uh, the MTV Cribs episode uh, where Ludacris uh, is showing his house and he opens his kitchen and he turns to the camera and goes, Ludacris got himself a football field. <laughs> it's, it's like that. So there's, there's basically, there's a door, um, a bit like the Kevin Costner film, The Field of Dreams, where if you open the, if you, if you build it, it will come. Whatever your heart desires in my, in my pub, ah. if we're going to make it magic, let's go for it. It has a multitude of doors that one can open and your own personal Narnia is there, whatever you Ooh. need. And mm. what this pub manages to do is it manages to access what you need for this particular night, what you and your friends need to, to, to give to turn a, a moment into a memory. Wow. And if it's a pool with, you know, poles and everyone in trunks and bikinis and a DJ playing music, so be it. If it's another night where it's Scrabble, fine. What if you don't like what you find out you need? Then you've got to, you've got to drink through that misery. And <laughs> you've... Yeah. You just um, open, open the door and there's, there's an AA meeting there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not tonight. Uh, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> well, then that would be quite good because in a sense, the pub is telling you it's like, this is the end of the road, Chief. In many ways, the, the pub you're describing is very close to the moon underwater itself, which is fascinating. Fascinating to see. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
We need to start stocking this pub with the things that it doesn't reveal. Uh, first off, two draft items. Okay, um, I'd like Guinness on, on draft. Yes. Obviously, I don't drink Guinness, but my my tour manager and uh, friend, the mighty Kumar Kamalagaran, loves a Guinness. And whenever he uh, we're in a pub after a show, he'll ask them if they've got Guinness. And when they say they do, he looks so happy. There's just this, because he's put so much effort in, particularly if we're doing an arena, he's sorted out the sound. He's done everything. He's done. A, he's put in a real shift. And then he gets a Guinness and he, he does this little noise where he just goes, yes. <laughs> and his little sort of man boobs just shake. And <laughs> and I genuinely think that should be the Guinness advert of like, forget horses in the sea. <laughs> if you see Kumar's jiggling titties and him say, yes, it just cheers me up no end to see the, the look. When he has that first sip of Guinness, it makes me so happy because, like, he's not faking it. That, that, do you know what I mean? It's, you can just tell he's really enjoying the taste, the texture, and it's the beginning of of, of a guaranteed pleasant couple of hours. It's always a fantastic sign when a guest at the Moon Underwater is picking choices for others as well as themselves. So here, here to that. Oh, absolutely. But do you know what I mean? It's like when you see somebody like a drink, but but and similarly the other one is um, uh, I would, for my, for myself, I'd have a really nice Pinot Noir. Um, on draft? Uh, not on draft, but <laughs> I, I didn't realise. Oh, yeah, because uh, that would be terrible. Um, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll come to that. So okay, what would, what would... okay, so on draft for me, it'd be like a low alcohol beer then, I guess, like, I don't know, like Amstel. Because I drink, when I drink beer or cider, I drink, I drink quite quickly. So mm. I need something kind of low alcohol to... Uh, to level level me off. So low as in like sort of four percent, not as in like a non-alcoholic beer. I've got no or... problem with a non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, but but yeah, four percent. Like let's say an Amstel, you know, that's what's that? That's low, isn't it? Four. I think that's four point one. I believe. Pint of Simon. Oh, pint of Simon. Do they call it that? No, I do, but I do, it hasn't caught on. It should do. Yeah, I like, I like that. But then people might assume you were having mushrooms. Given that he, he's uh, he really enjoys chatting about that, uh, I'm just looking up in my mind the strength. It is four point one. Nice nail on the H. Yeah, that's a good mix. Guinness and Amstel. Robin, your your thoughts on Amstel as a, as a lagerman? I don't mind. I don't mind an Amstel. Yeah, it's 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 reliable. Uh, my friend Sam Wistanoff stands by Amstel a lot. Uh, I mean, drink, he drinks it a lot, it's too much. Uh, no, yeah, it's good. I've got, I've warmed to your Marathis, your Amstels in recent years. I used to, I used to be a little bit sniffy about them, but they do tend to be pretty reliable. Yeah, I think that's what you're, you're looking. You're not looking for a uh, an Aston Martin. You're looking mm. for a Ford Fiesta that's going to get you through the day. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go to the pub. Well, next up, we have your bottles and or cans. Yep. So what are we going for there? Well, I do a bottle of Corona. Again, very simple, you know, very summery drink. Um, Just, again, really reminds me of, uh, like, I love a beer garden and just an easy 
icy Corona or a Copperberg. I like a Copperberg as well. 4.5, I believe. I, I think maybe even four. Is it? Copperberg. Yeah. 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 But that's very much my thing. If I'm out drinking, we normally have an early start with my friends or my, um, um, or my cousins. And I have to, because I, I drink quite quickly mm. when it's not wine. And I just have to have something that just levels me off. Otherwise, me and my brother will end up arguing. And we've had some spectacular rows. Really? What, drunk? Dr- do, you, do you argue more when you're drunk? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <we laughs> yeah, lots of... Um, some spectacular rows down the. Year. I mean, we. I mean, we argue sober. We once had a terrific fist fight on towers by the Swans, and um, so we've got that in us. I mean, I love him and he loves me, but we. I don't know. We can. We can really wind each other up, and I think maybe that's another reason why I kind of ease off on drinking too much because I can get a bit just pissy with people you know what's been the smallest thing that's caused the biggest argument um with on my stag do i'd organized lots of fun things to do and he he organized one night even though he was the best man and um we ended up in like this karaoke bar it was a bar called hogs and heifers <laughs> and he was what's that got to do with karaoke i don't know but it, we, he was reliably informed it was the best bar in vegas and it was just there was there was nobody there, and I was like, "God, you had one job," and it was because there was like ten of us, and I wanted everyone to have fun, and I was really, I, I get annoyed when he doesn't put effort into making things fun because I really like organizing. You know, right, right we got this around the corner, and then we got this, and then you're gonna love, the, you know what I mean? I quite like ensuring it's gonna be. Um, Exciting. I could just imagine him trying to argue the case for hogs and heifers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Russ, they got a they got a massive pig. What, <laughs> yeah. what other bar in Vegas has got a massive pig? Exactly. Well, that's what I love. I but then I what I adore about Daniel is that he, like, he's just the he's the greatest little brother because you just never. I mean, we were we were going to a nightclub once, and um, they were checking you on the way in, and. Um, there's a bit of a commotion. It was after a gig or something. And there was a bit of commotion ahead of us. And it was my brother. And he was being asked to put what he had in his pockets in the bin. And my brother's like, what? what? And they're like, well, sorry, sorry. Come on, you've got to put me in the bin. And he basically took like a load of cotton buds to a bar. And... He was trying to take like cotton buds, and I was like, "Just put them in the bin." And he's like, "What if my fucking ears get itchy?" I was like, <laughs> but it was he. He wouldn't. He was like, "This place is ridiculous," and we're in a real mood for the rest of the night. But it's like, in what realm are you going to be in the middle of like a night out in a nightclub and go? God, I tell you what, my ears are waxy. I might just find a little corner just to to clean them out. But um, I love the fact that he got angry about that. And was willing to, rather than just go, oh, yeah, sorry, mate, I can't believe they're there. It was like, they're my buds. What's your problem with buds? (laughs) It was like, I'm not sure it's worth having a fight about, Dan. I remember one of the biggest arguments I had with my brother growing up was about the MC Hammer song, You Can't Touch This. Yeah. Because I was singing it going, da, 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 da. And he was going, no, it doesn't do that. It goes, da, 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 da like that and we had a big argument and the answer is of course you know it does both there is yeah. that kind of you know I wish I could go back in time and just settle that between us and say we were both right it's so funny though isn't it when you have those <laughs> those weird peccadilloes about yeah I love that like I often think about that 
you, you know the NWA song Straight Outta Compton. Mm. Um, and I think the who's the first um, Straight Outta Compton. Uh, um, uh, so it's so Easy E is the third one. The first one is Dre, right. and he basically kind of Straight Outta Compton is a crazy motherfucking Ice Cube. That's his name, mm. and he comes out and he says, you know, he's gonna shoot you. He's gonna do all this to you. You better watch out. And then. Uh, and then I think Rem comes out, the second guy, and he's like going, straight out of car, and I'm going to do all this to you. I'm going to shoot you. You better watch out because, you know, blah, blah, And then clearly by the third, by the time EZE comes out, they've he's run out of things he could do. So, <laughs> so he kind of goes, his thing is, is a brother that will smother your mother and make your sister think I love her. And it's like, <laughs> I just remember finding that so funny as a kid that he's like, I'm going to kill your mum and I'm going to make your sister fall in love with me, but I won't love her. <laughs> but it's, it's, I love those. There's something you never have the time that you have when you're a kid to really just be, be with a song and listen to it over and over before your brain goes, what, this is nonsense. Why, yeah. why are they- <laughs> Yeah. Why, why is the MC Hammer doing that or, or yeah. having an argument about that? I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so your two bottles are Corona and Copperberg, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's flavour? Wait, wait, Pinot Noir. No, are we not having a Pinot Noir? No, that's not a... Is that a bottle? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's a bottle. Sorry, yeah, I just assumed. We so, don't yeah, have pr- to have it. Let's have a Corona and a Pinot Noir because I... For me, it's a, yes, it depends what kind of evening I'm after. If I'm after an evening of conversation and, um, you know, listening, then I would definitely go for a glass of peanut. I remember having an amazing, that my favourite is a thing called, oh, what's it called? It's called Two Paddocks by, Ooh. and it's the, it belongs to um, Sam Neill from uh, oh. Jurassic Park fame. Share, share, tell, tell. Well, what, during, um, COVID, I was in January 2020, yeah, 2021, I was there, I was in New Zealand, I had to do two weeks in quarantine, but I was allowed to go ahead and do my shows. Um, And I'd made a documentary about, um, you know, doing comedy in COVID. And one of the people I um, hung out with was Sam Neill. And I had a day with him on this vineyard that he runs called Two Paddocks. And it was just the best day. He was just such a great guy. And it was sort of around that era where we've been starved of connection. And it really felt like hanging out with this just brilliant village elder. He had <laughs> so many interesting stories. I had a real fondness for wine. And he said that each wine glass, the grapes go back thousands of years and they the strength of wine is that it, it's, it creates a, a degree of conviviality and the stories flow. And he just, it was his description of wine and his mesmerizing words about its ability to kind of blend people together. And something about him saying all that and then me gulping it down. I was going, you say what, you were right. <laughs> and then and he he grew those vines from a grape that was encased in amber didn't he that he extracted the dna from oh very good and replicated uh and did, do you get i do get the reference yeah and, and i was actually wearing a i was wearing a leather jacket and um yeah i'd previously been in a, a big film about um insects and you you turned round <laughs> in the vineyard and are just looking down at you with these enormous bunches of grapes. Yes, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, well, that I I would love I would love to be talked to about wine by Sam Neill before sampling his two paddocks Pinot Noir. It was terrific. 
Uh, well, we take a break uh, from Russell Howard's Dream Pub to expand our brains in the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. Robin. Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down. It's time for the quiz. He played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger. That wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey have been deducted five points. Yes, welcome to the Moon Underwater pub quiz. So, John and Russell hail from the Southwest. But how well do they know the fair city of Bristol? So that's right, it's three questions about Bristol, me babbers. Um, so <laughs> let's get cracking. We'll do three questions and then we'll go to the answers in part two. So question one. Uh, he was a DT teacher. <laughs> <laughs> question one. What was the name of the Bristolian bodybuilder who played Darth Vader in the famous Star Wars series of films. So, who played Darth Vader? Didn't do the voice. No. For reasons that are probably obvious. Uh, question two. Cary Grant was born in Horfield, Bristol, which is where I'm from. Mm. But what was his real name? What was Cary Grant's real name? And question three. In 1997, the Bristol Royal Infirmary developed the Bristol Stool Scale, a widely used diagnostic medical tool used to classify the different types of human feces. But how many categories of doo-doo are on the Bristol stool scale? <laughs> oh, interesting. How many categories of poo are there? Good cue, man. Thank you. So those are your three Bristol questions. Let's see how well we all did. Well, folks, we will remove you from those uh, Bristolian tenterhooks at the start of part two. But just a reminder... If you want access to features such as Russell Howard's Dream Pub Companion, uh, early access to live tickets and the bonus podcast behind the cellar door, head over to moonunderpod.com to click on the Patreon link. Uh, but we thank you for your time and we'll see you back in part two. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.